Hello, welcome to Impersonal Opinion, the podcast where we don't take our opinions personally. I'm Chandler Klebs, I'm here with George Ortega, and on this podcast, since it's just kind of a free flow, we don't have to stick to a topic, I thought I'd just start out by talking about food and the kinds of food we eat. And we could sort of talk about um, weight loss or weight gain too, just because that's been a topic on my mind lately because it's sort of relevant to our, our Free Will Science Religion podcast, you know, how we've been exploring that topic. So, for example, I'll start out by saying that, um, you know, I'm vegan, a lot of people know that, and I eat at the salad bar after work at my job um, at hy because then there's all these fruits and vegetables and all this cool stuff that's healthy, but I can really eat a lot of it um, once I've just paid for a buffet and I get a discount. And so I try to eat a variety of, of all those things. And it's really good. It makes me feel good because I feel like I'm getting a good meal. But the funny thing is I eat tons, but I still am losing weight. This is, this is the kind of ironic thing about it is that I used, there was a time when I was 202 pounds, but what's interesting is I, like, I remember the history behind it um, because I remember exactly what happened. See, because there was a time when we were you know, really poor um, and we had this friend who her family always, you know, they ate at Arby's all the time. Like they, they, you know, she went through the drive-through of Arby's constantly and so she would be buying us Arby's food or Fazoli's um, and stuff like that. And so back at that time, I was eating loads of meat. I mean, tons of it. Like I would, I would be having three of those, um, those roast beef sandwiches a day. And back then, that was a normal thing. But the, what's strange is that in like four months, I had gained like, like 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like crazy. And and so from my experience, I think that there is a connection between um, me eating all that meat and that weight gain. What do you think about that, George? Uh, well, you know, I don't know about because like actually there's um, I live in White Plains, New York, which is like um, a, a town away from Scarsdale, New York. And um, I don't know if I'm correct about this, but I think there was a Scarsdale diet that was proposed that it was supposed to be like, you know, all meat. I think I, I may be mistaken. I don't know. But anyway, um, I'm not really sure about um, about, you know, meat and diet because, um, you know, I've been a vegan for so many years and, and I just haven't done the research. But but, you know, it, it, it could be. I mean, also like eating out like that at those um, the fast food restaurants. They've, you know, you got like three, four thousand calories a meal there a lot of times. So, you know, certainly that would be, would have been a part of it, you know, in your case. Um, but yeah, I mean, you may have a point, Chandler. You know, maybe eating meat. Um, you know, um, I think it's it, the body metabolizes meat slower because it has to kind of like break it down in order to create the proteins. So, but I, I'm not really sure. Yep. Yeah, well, see, here's the deal is I think there is a connection, and here's why. Because I have watched a number of documentaries, you know, 
Um, I, and I don't remember which documentaries that contain which information anymore because I've watched a lot. Because I've watched Vegucated, I've watched Food Inc., I've I've watched Forks Over Knives, I I watched Cowspiracy, you know. So there's all these documentaries, but here's how I believe it was explained: like, um, there's something about your body doesn't actually feel that full. Um, when you eat meat, there's something about um, that. Um, something how it's like you're getting a lot of calories in meat, um, but it's not it's not bulky. Like you know, if you eat a whole bunch of grains or fruits or vegetables, it's more it's more bulky. If I remember how they showed it on the screen, you know, and so your stomach has the impression that it's full in that case and tells you to stop eating, which might explain why people who are eating meat might tend to overeat in a sense. And that would explain things because ironically, like I used to eat those, those roast beef sandwiches, but I didn't really feel full. Whereas now I'll, I'll eat, you know, a few handfuls of peanuts and I'll feel full. So there's something, something to this. There's some connection, definitely. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. One thing, um, you know, when being a vegan, and I think for most people in general, like um, many years ago, um, I think the food that we ate, the vegetables and all, especially like the vegetables, they were more nutritious. I think that the, the soil was more fertile, but our modern you know, agriculture has stripped the soil of a lot of these, you know, nutrients. And so like, it's really important to supplement our, our diet, like with, with vitamins. And in the case of vegans, um, you know, we got to make sure we get enough protein. That, that's really important. Yeah. And one thing that's interesting is a lot of people, when they find out you're vegan, they ask, well, where do you get your protein? Not realizing that there's some amount in just about every plant food and that I like, you know, I'll eat a lot of nuts and that that tends to help me with that. Oh, yeah. Nuts are amazing. You know, like I'll, I'll go to ShopRite, two bags of nuts. Um, actually, there was one bag for for a dollar um, a couple of days ago, 21 grams of protein, which is almost like half of what you know, a person needs. Yeah. And see here, here, like, for example, another thing that I do is I do a kind of a mix of a powder shake where I, I put in some powdered peanut butter because they sell that at Hy-Vee and there's this rice protein powder um, also. So I'm so basically I'm having powdered rice and powdered peanuts and I and I mix it with some soy milk and it's like really good. My mom wow. does that too. And so that's part of how I keep up my strength because I used to think that um, – that I had to eat meat um, or cheese to get protein. But then, you know, it's like, well, I realized that's not true. There, there's these other sources. And when, and I found that it's cheaper, like it's actually cheaper to, you know, to get some, some oats, some, some rice, some nuts than it is to, to buy the same number of ounces of meat. Oh, it's a lot cheaper. It's it's a whole lot cheaper. I know. And you're right now, like you know, there aren't as many prepared sh foods for vegans as you know naturally there are for just regular diets. But like for example, now you can get these vegan patties, these um, um, veggie burgers, 
um, and at, at um, Whole Foods sells these like sausages that are amazing. There's like you know one one sausage. There's like four to a package. I think they sell for about a little over two dollars. And one one sausage is twenty five grams um, of protein. That's you know so. So yeah, they're, they're putting, you know, they're giving us more variety in terms of vegan foods and they're putting more protein in, in those foods because, you know, it just makes sense. It really does because the demand for it has increased and then so has the supply. Yeah. Yeah. And see, here's the deal. Now, I happen to know one, okay, the only vegan that I know outside of the internet is this one lady who works at the same store I do. Um, and so, you know, she was telling me today um, how she made some kind of cake. I can't remember which type of cake it was, but, but she described it to me and she, she fed it to some, some non-vegans um, and they didn't realize that this was a special, special cake she made um, with no animal products and it was really good and impressed them. So it's, it's kind of a cool thing. So, she, you know, she talks to me about that stuff because she found out I was vegan w one day because of the products I was buying, um, you know, because saw that like I was getting, you know, alternatives to certain things, all like alternatives to butter and stuff like that. <laughs> I hear you. One thing I'm needing to kind of like be a bit more concerned with, like ordinarily, I, I just don't take medications. I rarely go to the doctor, but like about a month ago, I just like developed this cough and these sinuses and stuff. And so like as of yesterday, I started going on antibiotics, which like I haven't been on antibiotics in over 20 years. You know, I think only once in my life ever before. And so like I think, you know, especially with vegans, I think we have to kind of like be concerned with um, that our immune systems are, you know, get, I guess, the right vitamins. I think B vitamins are very good for that. What, what do you do to kind of like make sure your immune system is strong? Well, one of the things that I do is I, I take B12. Um, I it's actually really cheap, you know. So I, I take I take that every day, and I try to I try to eat a variety of fruits and vegetables, especially at the buffet. Um, and then I I like to get you know those mixed vegetable juices. You know they they've got everything. They've got tomato, carrots, lettuce, celery, and a whole bunch of vegetables that I can't stand to actually eat. So it seems I mean that seems to be a general principle. If you're eating, if you're just eating one thing all the time, you're probably not getting all the nutrients. But considering the you know the types of powders, I'll take that'll contain lots of vitamins, or, or I'll take whatever supplements and that kind of thing. And it's really kind of cool because I'm I'm actually very healthy and and although I don't visit a doctor very often, I did go recently for a checkup. I didn't have a primary care doctor, but my case manager made a whole bunch of calls and um, and helped me um, get an appointment to see somebody. Um, I, I forgot, I forget, well, the name of the hospital is not important anyway, but, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so there was one doctor that was supposed to see me and instead it was this other lady, but she was really nice and I told her I was vegan and she's like, oh, that's cool, you know, and so my, bl my blood pressure's great, I'm not overweight, I'm just like very healthy, so, you know, she, she just said, well, you know, come back next year for a checkup, you know. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I, I've been meaning to ask you because your job, I mean, you, you have to be outside a lot, right? 
And like, at least, you know, I remember like over the last couple of weeks or so, maybe a little before that, you tend to be like congested and you cough and stuff. I mean, did you tell her about that? Um, did you, um, did you, did you get some kind of understanding with that, what that was about or? Well, um, not necessarily. The thing is that some, sometimes because I'm out in like the freezing cold, I do like I, and I'm around all sorts of germs, you know, I think that's why I tend to get sick a little bit frequently because of the nature of my job. But then in two days I'm over it. Oh, oh, that's great. So that's kind of how, how it works. You know, like today I'm feeling great. I'm having like no, no congestion. I'm just feeling strong, you know? Well, that is good. That is good. Yeah, that's excellent. And, and there's more to it than just, you know, my own personal health or whatever. There's also the fact that, well, you know, we do these podcasts where if we're like, if we're going to be talking about, um, about weight loss and its connection with, you know, free will belief and the deterministic causes that, you know, that compel us to, to gain or lose weight. What's interesting is that because of the fact that that's a topic, it's made me more focused. It's just a side effect because we're talking about it and I'm watching documentaries on YouTube. You know, there's all sorts of documentaries on YouTube about weight loss. Um, and so I notice things and then I start noticing like, and this is really funny, but if you were like, George, think about this. If you were gonna ever have one job in the world, um, where you were trying to investigate, like let's say you're a secret agent and you've been sent to investigate in some country, what are average people buying? What are average people eating? What kind of job <laughs> do you think you, you, you would be uh, sent for? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, supermarket cashier, I guess. I don't know. I'm the one who sacks groceries, remember? Wow. Okay. So in other words, I see every single thing just because uh, I'm, I'm putting it in the bags. So because of that, I, I know what over a hundred people, uh, you know, that come in there in that day are buying. And it's interesting because that just shows me what people are buying. And I, and you know, I, I try not to focus too much on that. I'm trying to get them in the sacks, you know, but sometimes I'll see somebody, they'll get something like, Ooh, this looks healthy. It looks like it's from the health market. And I, so I just will look at the nutrition facts or ingredients real quick. And I'm like, cool, high protein bread, you know? Oh yeah. So yeah, you know, that's just the cool thing is I've become hyperly aware about food. So I've been thinking about food a lot. Yeah, I've been thinking about it more. I mean, like, again, we have this app project. We're going to, like, you know, kind of use it to help explain to people why we don't have a free will. But, like, in my life, you know, like, for about – it's got to be at least six months now, maybe longer. I've been trying to lose, like, 10 pounds, and it just doesn't happen. And, like, in the past, I would just make the decision, you know, and, like, I would just eat less for a couple of weeks, three weeks, and the weight would be gone this <laughs> this time, you know – I, I don't I won't allow myself to to gain any more weight, which is good. But for some reason, I guess I don't have the motivation to um, to lose more weight. And, you know, I'm wondering if maybe that's part of partly it's what I eat. But I, I don't think I eat, you know, foods that um, in general that that would create, you know, uh, more of an appetite. So but it, it, that, that's a good question in terms of like what explains why so many uh, Americans are, are like overweight and you know what what can we do about it yeah 
And well, here's what's interesting. Now, another thing is I wanted to ask you kind of related to that is like, are you going by the numbers on the scale or are you going by how you look and feel? Well, no, because I'm going by the numbers on the scale because like um, I'm like since high school, I've been 175, you know, since my I graduated high school and that's my weight. And so now I'm about like between, um, well, I'm 182, so I'm about maybe seven pounds overweight. And so like, so, but then I know that like, you know, the, the range for me is 140 to 180. Anything over 180, you know, according to whatever, you know, these guides is overweight. You mean like the whole body mass index sort of thing? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, well, what's interesting about it is that there have been like, okay, I, I, I've read about this. Um, uh, there are bodybuilders or boxers or wrestlers, you know, they're hugely muscled. They have a lot of muscle. And according to the BMI, they are considered very obese. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, there's got to be exceptions. And yeah, no, I hear you. In my case, you know, like there's like I got I'm developing a bit of a gut. You know, my waist is, you know, like I like to be um, well, I used to be 32 waist. Now I'm 34. But there's a couple of pants that I have that like, I don't know, maybe I bought them 33. I got to look. But for some reason, they're feeling tight. So <laughs> that's a good indication. Yeah, well, it's it's sort of an interesting thing because basically um, I, 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 you know, I go pretty much by by how I look and feel. I don't really go into the scale like like once a month, maybe I'll pull up the scale from my closet and weigh myself. And I'm always in the range somewhere between 155 and 160. And it will change in the day. Like if I've eaten, then I weigh a few more pounds, which is the total weight of the food that I just ate, you know. <laughs> but, um, but it's interesting. But um, what my – like I go – I've gone down in belt holes because <laughs> I wear my belt at, when, I, when I work, you know. So, like, when I first started my job, I, I was uh, close to 200 pounds, but then around the same time I got my job, I also, you know, I was going vegetarian, and then I went vegan, and I just kept losing weight ever since. So now, it's, it's where I'm, I'm down to either the middle or the uh, hole or the one even tighter than that, because, you know, there's five holes. So my waist has gotten smaller, and at the same time, my arms are actually getting a little bit bigger, my biceps and stuff, you know, because I do a lot of heavy lifting, not just sacking the groceries, but, but also pushing the carts and then carrying groceries home, you know. So I'm noticing more of the biceps bulging, and then I see these veins you know, like the veins, like as well, the arms are strong, the muscles are there, and it's like pushing out the veins where I can see my veins a little bit. Yeah, well, being fit is really, you know, helpful to like, you know, staying a good weight. I mean, I, um, I, I had joined Planet Fitness a couple of months ago, and I was going, I was pretty much going every day and, and like exercising about an hour and a half, and I was feeling great, but I think what happened was I think that lowered my resistance. You know, I think I, you know, my, my coughing and sneezing, was, I think, was a result of overdoing that. So, you know, but I want to get back to the, to the gym. You know, like, I guess I'll start, like, with every other day and then cut it back for an hour. Got to cut it back to an hour and then, you know, just start from there because, like, you know, exercise is so, you know, I have a feeling if I do that for a couple of months, I'll be back down to 175 within, within that time. Yeah, probably so. Um, and see, here's the deal, like, um, 
just the nature of my job is so physically intense when you're on your feet, you know, five or six hours sometimes and you're lifting heavy stuff and walking all over the place. That right there is so much physical activity um, that that explains why why I'm building so much muscle and burning so many calories that I can eat. I eat all I can eat at the buffet you know, a, a lot, you know, because that's what happens is, you know, the more you exercise, the more you need to actually eat because otherwise you, you don't have energy. I hear you. And your job is great. Your job is like they're paying you. It's like, you know, it's like you're, you're pay, getting paid to be at the gym. Yeah, it, it's true. Like, why would I join a gym when my work is, is basically a gym in that sense? I hear you. Yeah. So, so it's cool, you know, um, so, I mean, it's really cool. And so I think that, you know, of course, I think both diet and exercise are important. You know what I mean? Obviously, I think everyone, like people, like just because they may not be overweight doesn't mean that they shouldn't exercise because, you know, if they get stronger, that's going to help them. You know, that'll help help keep them strong. Everyone wants to be strong. And one thing, George, that I think that's changed the society as well, you know, since the invention of cars, people don't walk as much. Oh, yeah. You know what I think it is? Because like, yeah, in the 50s, 60s, there weren't nearly as many people who were overweight as now. And what I think it is, and you don't hear many people talking about it, is back then, there were commercials, you know, TV came around in the 50s. You know, so this is even more in the, the 30s and 40s, whatever. But like with TV, like you have the average family, average person, they eat dinner at like six, whatever. Some people watch a lot of TV. Some people watch two, three hours. And who knows how many food commercials they, um, they watch during that time after they've eaten. And I think a lot of these commercials are designed to like get a person hungry. They, they test out which ones are most successful at that. And that's the ones they put on. So I have a feeling that's what that's a main thing we're contending with. Well, yeah, people don't realize to the extent that they're programmed by what they're seeing. Oh yeah, and and it's interesting because you know, um, yeah, seriously, for people because of their cars, you know, they're they're not walking as much. Plus, they don't lift heavy stuff and carry heavy stuff all the way home from somewhere, um, unless they don't have a car like me. But doing that will really bulge your arms up. That's true. You know, because like, yeah, I guess, yeah, even like, yeah, um, for example, now people have like, um, they don't do their own laundry. They don't do, do their own dishes. You know, like all these chores are, are done by machines and stuff. So you're right. People aren't, you know, we don't have to move a lot. And I, I think a lot of people now live in cities rather than uh, in rural areas or suburbs where like, you know, in a city, just like you walk a couple of blocks blocks you grab a bus or a subway or something and so like yeah yeah here's another thing to consider george how often does somebody see overweight wild animals uh, yeah that's yeah that's a good point i mean considering the the calories they burn whether it's you know climbing and swinging from tree to tree to to find some fruit or, or, or like the elephants and zebras walking around Africa trying to find plants to eat, you know. Or of course the carnivores, which the car, it's all, the carnivores always make me sad because they, you know, they kill the other animals and eat them. But think about it, they have to chase their food. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. 
and they have to be fit enough to catch, that's yeah. There's kind of like evolution, natural selections. The ones who get overweight, you know, can't catch their food. You're right. Yeah, and that's what's interesting about it is I think it's like idiocracy. Like I really do. Like because natural selection, it used to it used to be the fittest are what reproduce because they survive long enough to reproduce. But now with American culture, it's it's like idiocracy. And that you're not necessarily re you're not rewarded for being physically strong like wild animals. They're rewarded for being physically strong and exercising. It, you're not so much, except they're only rewarded if they you know look sexy or whatever that is. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and they're and they're not necessarily they're not rewarded for being smart, mind you. And we've talked about this on tons of episodes. How people get PhDs because they can memorize and regurgitate information. <laughs> Yeah, yet they can't get this thing about free will. That that totally bewilders me. I'd like to figure that out. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I really think that there are basic um like there are just basic ways that people can get into thinking. Like, you know, just talking about existence and what does it mean to exist, which is which is a separate philosophical topic, you know. Because while, you know, the free will topic is my main topic, I have the secondary idea that I've kind of just wanted to talk about, like, in a personal opinion, um, because of the fact that, you know, when we say something exists, well, does that include dreams? We're experiencing dreams, so do they exist? You know, well, this character exists in this movie or in this cartoon. So what's interesting is how can we say definitively that something doesn't exist? Yeah, I guess you're right. It depends on what we mean by exist. In other words, if we mean that it exists, let's say, in the outside world, you know, that it's it's kind of like subject to the forces of nature, like gravity and the other forces, then I think, yeah, the characters in our dreams, I guess, can't be said to exist in that sense. But in another sense, conceptually, sure, they exist as, it's kind of like, yeah, like the belief in free will, the illusion. You know, free will doesn't exist as a reality, but it, 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 it definitely exists for a lot of people as an illusion, right? Yeah, and what's interesting is like Mitch and I were talking about like free will is not the same as other questions because other questions might be a question of existence, whether, whether Santa Claus exists, for example. But, um, but, it, but as far as free will, it's a thing where they're trying to how do you make a concept of something that's neither causal nor a causal? You know, how does that even work? I know. And again, you know, it's, it's just mind boggling how people don't understand that. Or, or you know, yeah, or I mean, because like most most people who don't believe in free will, they're like compatibilists that they just change the meaning of it. They don't they don't <laughs> they don't like what, what it, you know, people say it means how what we're refuting. So they just say, well, I'm just going to like make it mean something else. And like, no, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. If you define it in a way that's neither free nor willed, then why call it free will? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny because here's the deal. Other sort of things like, for example, Santa Claus is quite literally that's a real concept. The concept is real in that the belief in a fat old man who lives in the North Pole and who apparently has lived for hundreds of years, who is delivering tons of presents to the nice children, but not the naughty children. So, George, I must be on the naughty list. 
Plus, I don't have a chimney. I've never lived in a place with a chimney. So this explains why, even if Santa Claus does exist, why he hasn't brought me any presents. Yeah. And another related question is, like, for example, there's there's the color red and green and blue. Now, um, before the Earth was created, I think the Earth is, what, four and a half billion years ago old? You know, to our knowledge, who knows? Maybe there's colors in other. I would, I would guess. I would hope there's colors in other. But like, in a certain sense, it it seems like that things exist physically, and before they exist physically, that they exist conceptually somehow. In other words, there has to be some kind of like a possibility for something, a color, to exist, for it to exist physically. I mean, this is you know, this is like highly speculative because this is like. This is kind of like delving into the very, very, you know, foundation of reality. But, you know, you, you just wonder whether, whether um, for example, before a computer existed as a physical thing, did it exist somewhere in the universe as, as this concept, this, 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 I don't know. Well, that's what's interesting, George. I like getting deep into the mysteries of reality. That's what's cool because it goes way outside the scope of just our regular free will science and religion podcast, you know. Because when I think about it, there there are concepts that people believe in these concepts, and and what's interesting is if somebody believes in something strong enough, if somebody experiences something strong enough, it does affect their behavior as if it were real. Oh yeah. That's just it. Is that to, like, you know, if you, you can say a belief in something exists, even if the thing believed in does not. You know what? If, if you want to do another podcast, because like we're at the 30-minute mark, I want to explore this, this concept of happiness. I think we've done it before. But another, with happiness, everything, like imagine the universe without happiness. What point would it, would it be? Imagine our lives without happiness. Happiness, among everything else in our reality, has a unique and supreme position. So then I've been trying to figure out recently, what is it? What is it that like everything else is like, you know, evolved around or just, you know, it's tailored toward toward experiencing? Yes, absolutely. How about I close this episode and we'll start a new one about happiness again? Sounds good. Okay, you've been listening to Impersonal Opinion with Chandler Klebs and George Ortega, and we've talked a little bit about food and about the mysteries of the universe and existence and a little bit of free will, too. <laughs> so I hope you've enjoyed this, and, and I hope you listen to the next one that we're going to end up recording. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.